The world is a beautiful but challenging place to live. And let's face it, life hits hard sometimes. So if you find your hopes and dreams and mental well-being needs a boost, you're tuned in to the right podcast. Welcome to Inspire Us with your host, Jay Paul Nadeau, a former hostage negotiator turned motivational speaker and acclaimed author of Take Control of Your Life. And now, here's your host, Jay Paul Nadeau. Hello, and welcome to episode 14 of Inspire Us. I'm Paul Nadeau. Now, I want you to just imagine for a moment. Imagine spending most of your life avoiding speaking due to a debilitating stutter. Well, that's what Jose Peranian did. But now, he is a TEDx speaker, the winner of the Inspirational Speaker of the Year Award at the Speaker Slam in 2017, and he is also a stand-up comedian who has performed for the United Nations and in three continents and in three different languages. In 2019, one of his talks went viral on Goldcast, and it was viewed by more than three million people worldwide. So what is this man's message? Well, here are just a couple of the many messages you're about to hear. Once you find that thing that scares you the most, do it. And then do it again and again. And again, he also says that fear and action are not mutually exclusive. Imagine struggling to say your own name. Growing up with a severe stutter in Lebanon, he avoided speaking almost entirely out of the fear of being judged for being different. In his second year of university, he begged all his professors to exempt him from all presentations. He was committed to building a life with as little social interaction as humanly possible. Well, sometimes life has a different idea for you and a different path for you if only you listen to your heart and to your soul and to that little voice in you that speaks louder than the one that wants to defeat you. And now, it is my pleasure to present to you José Peranian. Jose Peranian, have I pronounced that? It's it's Jose Peranian. I pronounced that correctly. It was right the first <laughs> time, actually. Jose Peranian. Jose, okay. Jose, thank you very much for coming on my show and for coming on Inspire Us. You are a tremendously inspiring individual. I'm going to tell our listeners right now a little bit about who I'm talking with. This man, after spending most of his life avoiding speaking due to a debilitating stutter, Jose Peranian is now a TEDx speaker, the winner of the Inspirational Speaker of the Year Award at the Speaker Slam in 2017, and a stand-up comedian who has performed for the United Nations of all places and in three continents and three languages. Good goodness. In 2019, one of his talks went viral on Goldcast and was viewed by more than 3 million people worldwide. I have with me a man who is going to certainly inspire you with his story of perseverance, of courage, and of facing fear in the eyeballs and moving beyond it because, as you said once, fear and action are not mutually exclusive. 
And so, without any further gabbing on my part, I am going to turn it over to you, sir. Why don't you tell us about your past? Let's start there. Let's uh, start with the past. Yeah, it's uh, great to be having this conversation. I look forward to see how, how it will evolve in the next hour or so. It's a it's good that you that you mentioned some of these things uh, about me first. Otherwise, I I I start by usually telling the listeners that I have a stutter and that their internet connection is fine. <laughs> The past is a good place to start. I grew up in Lebanon, avoiding speaking and people almost entirely just out of that fear of being judged for being different. That's a fear that controlled me most of my life until just a few years ago when things started to, to change pretty drastically. What started to change a few years ago for you that brought you to where you are right now? The main highlights, and of course, there's a lot, there's so much more that happened in the background, the ups and the downs that we'll get into, but some of the key milestones that punctuated the trajectory were, one, I learned a breathing technique to control my stutter, and then two, I I joined Toastmasters at the time to to start war, war, working on that fear of public speaking. In fact, the reason why I had joined it at the time was I had asked all of my professors in university to exempt me from all of my presentations. The fear was so devastatingly crippling that I did everything that I could to either eliminate or at, at least minimize all instances that would involve me having to speak. There was the, the two first steps, but in the past three years though, that's when some insane change happened. First, I, I got into, I got into stand-up comedy to reframe the narrative and to be able to joke about my biggest insecurity in life, which had been having a stutter. The first step was to 
joke about it and to do something as radical as stand-up comedy then i competed and won speaking competitions which of course still feels pretty absurd to me and then i would do this exercise once a week of going to the mall or outside that's all before the pandemic where i would challenge myself by talking to a hundred complete strangers every single week so i must have talked to tens of thousands of complete strangers <laughs> sometimes when some of my videos for speaking and and comedy are online i'll still get some comments sometimes from people that say oh that say oh my god this guy talked to me at the at the Eaton Center in Toronto <laughs> two years ago and he asked me for directions so that exercise was a huge part of my journey of desensitizing myself to the fear gradually that is remarkable because many people when faced with with fear will do the exact opposite they will they will be immobilized and many of them will run the other way instead of facing fear in the eyes and moving beyond it what you've done are a series of exercises and challenges you challenged yourself to go beyond what was holding you back and aspiring to be connecting with people, which is exactly what you've done. And I really admire that. Thank you for sharing that. But I'm going to take you back to when you were a little boy in Lebanon and you discovered that your speech impediment was holding you back. How did, I would imagine, I, I think I already know the answer to that, and I'm sure that many of my listeners do, but how did that make you feel? And how did you find the courage to push past your fears to go on and discover what you've done and to do what you've done it 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 definitely was so interestingly there are two main obstacles that stuttering entails on the one hand it's physical and that's the actual act of uh, blocking or getting stuck on on words depending on how bad it is on a given day from one second to one week and then that's that's the physical aspect the psychological aspect it's is it's that fear and it's a fear of judgment the fear of rejection for being different and i would say for most people who stutter that ends up being the dominant obstacle it's it all depends on whether or not one you will accept that you are different and two you you are ready to experience discomfort sometimes st 
stemming from, from the reactions that you will get from other people when you get stuck, especially in younger years. When you're a kid, you're a teenager, people don't have the same tact or the same, the same restraint that they might have as uh, adults. So if you get stuck, that's the input in the social interaction. The output could have often been things like laughter or things like walking away. And, and whereas I might interpret those reactions a bit differently today as an adult who has gone through a, a journey of personal development to that kid, to that teenager, those reactions were completely brutal and they, and they really created this belief system which led to me, which, which led to believing that silence was superior to speaking because it, it would protect me as much as possible from the world. What you're describing, I would imagine many people who stutter or who feel that they are different likely are experiencing the same thing is that if I only remain silent or if I hide, if I, if I find myself invisible, nobody will hurt me. Mm -hmm. And would that be an accurate way of putting it? That's, that's it. exactly it. It's a shield. It's a faux shield of invisibility that ends up doing, ends up doing way more harm than good because every human being is, is deep down motivated by this desire to fulfill your or their true potential and to become the absolute best version of the self on this limited time that we have ultimately because of that in in the long run, when we protect uh, ourselves from the world, we end up we end up sh sh shrinking. We end up shrinking our potential and stripping away so many possibilities from what could have been if only we were willing to tolerate higher thresholds of discomfort. Well put. What you're describing is what we all need. We all need to be seen. We all need to be heard. We all need to just coexist with one another and without judgment is, is what we would want. However, that judgment that is placed by society, whatever it is, can keep people in a cage of sadness, really. They choose not to express themselves. And I would imagine as a young man, it was difficult for you to express your thoughts, your feelings, and your emotions to the rest of the world because 
this is what we want to do. We all want to express how we feel, what we think, everything. I don't know much about stuttering. Was this something that you were born with or is this something that developed at a young age? Please tell me. I'm not sure how that works. And maybe you can tell me. Absolutely. I am. And I loved your your analogy or 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 your metaphor rather the cage of sadness Mm -hmm. it reminded me of a quote a quote by Rumi that says why do you stay in prison when the door is so wide open that cage of sadness is ultimately built by the self in the sense that obviously society can play a big role in creating these behavioral patterns but we do have the the choice ultimately to not feel trapped if, as I said just now, we are, we, we develop the courage and the, and the tolerance for discomfort. In terms of the origins of stuttering, I am only, I am only marginally more informed then you would be, I'm not an, an expert, but I know that initially it is something you can be born with. Uh, I was born with it myself. It is, it, it is in the brain. So it is, it is, it, it, it is neurological and they have and uh, they have done some experiments some brain scans with people who stutter and they have found some differences in the area responsible for speech so at its core it is physical but what ends up happening later on is if 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 you end up facing some hardships because of it and if you end up interpreting those reactions from the world in a very let's say in a way that is sensitive let's say then all those reactions will end up shaping you and they will end up creating these patterns of uh, avoidance and fear. And unless someone is a psychopath in terms of their, of their, of their psychological makeup, if you are a kid and or a teenager and you, and you feel like you are 
rejected by your peers or you have that fear of rejection by the peers because of being because of being very obviously different that can definitely create these powerful insecurities that will hold you back one of the things that you mentioned is coming up with a choice that you either stay where you are or you choose to liberate yourself from the cage that's keeping you captive. I was a former hostage negotiator, so you're going to hear me Whoa. say, oh, you didn't know okay. that? Yeah, former hostage negotiator. And my book talks about how we do place ourselves in cages of our own making. We become hostages to ourselves. There may be external forces that tell us certain things or that expect certain things, but we internalize the message and we often keep ourselves hostage. What is remarkable from you, Jose, is that you were a hostage to yourself, but you did move through that open cage that Rumi talked about and you liberated yourself and kudos to that. What self-talk was going on in your head to make you aspire to liberate yourself the way that you have, my friend. As soon as I said I, uh, uh, I didn't know that, I realized I had read that in the in the in the biographies of 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 the key notables when I looked into each of the uh, so, speakers it it is actually such such an interesting metaphor to to have come up with and i i believe in terms of self talk uh, i'm sure you know this already as someone who is in in this space of speaking and personal transformation it it is often it is people tend to romanticize what it takes to achieve transformation by assuming it always all boils down to one key moment where everything changes in my ex experience, it has not been the case. It was millions of micro moments of bravery that eventually led to a state where, yes, I, I might still, I might still lose the occasional battle, but it does feel as though I am winning the war in, in, in general. And some of the, the key moments for me did involve me doing this exercise of talking to a hundred strangers week after week after week and forcing myself to face all types of reactions from the world until it no longer held the same power. It's 
still does hold some power. Of course, I'm human, but not in a way that, as you brilliantly coined, not in a way that I, I am held hostage. Good. And what you're describing, I think everybody experiences. There are times where we are confident in ourselves and we are moving forward. And halfway through the week, something happens that affects us and slows us down. The important thing, and you have done this over and over and over again, is that when you feel and see if you agree with me, in your particular case, when you feel that that sudden pull back, you fight beyond it. You start to tell yourself that you're not gonna stay in, in this one place that is pulling you back, that you're stronger than your circumstances and that you're gonna move forward despite them. Would, would I be accurate in saying that? Because you strike me as the kind of man that doesn't take no for an answer to himself or to pretty much everybody else, that you have a message to deliver, you want to inspire people, and you have fought those demons that tried to keep you hostage to yourself. And you keep fighting them from time to time, but you keep winning. I, I do believe you, you keep winning as long as you keep fighting. If we, it is, it, I, I did remember this one session at the mall. It was maybe a week before my TEDx talk. I was really struggling with my uh, stuttering more than usual around that period. And I, I went to the mall a few days, I think, or, or a week tops before the actual TEDx talk. And I start doing my exercise and I'm really struggling. Either I am, I am getting stuck for, for such a long time, I couldn't get any of the words out and I would get all types of reactions from people including laughing or people walking away and I and I and after a few of those interactions I I stood in a corner at the mall I felt completely destroyed and I thought I thought, look, Jose, just go back home and, and watch something on Netflix. Be comfortable, relax. You don't have to go through all this pain. But then a part of me was saying, you cannot leave the mall today until you feel like you're back in control here you you're you're in control of your state you're in control of your speech and it's not to say that when i say in control of my speech it doesn't mean i'm not stuttering it means i am not 
allowing it in any way, shape or form to, con to control me and to control my, my, ex my expression, my confidence. So I ended up staying at the mall that day for eight hours. I think it was oh. like six or eight hours. And I, I, I spoke to 200 people. I, it was extremely tough. I, I, I recall just, I, I recall this being one of the toughest things I had done. But when I f finished, I felt transformed, just completely transformed. And it, I've had to do this again a few times. So it wasn't this one-time thing, but it was definitely those types of, of moments where I was almost going to be defeated, but I fought back with an end goal in mind of, on the one hand, conquering my own demons to fulfill my own potential. And on the other hand, reach a stage that uh, allowed me to be on the stage and to share my message with the world so that people, whatever their equivalent of a stutter is, so that they confront their own stutter. I love what you just said, because you're right. You know, to many people out there, it may not be the speech that they are grappling with, that they are dealing with. It may be another type of stutter that is keeping them from moving forward and from living the life that they deserve to live. Thank you for sharing that very beautiful story. And I say beautiful because it's a story of, of determination, of per perseverance. It's a story of not accepting that inner dialogue of yours saying, hey, maybe you ought to go home. You know, you, you just give up. You know, you, you've got two voices, right? Those two voices. You've got either the positive voice or the negative voice going on in your head saying, hey, you know what, Jose? good time to leave, you know, exit, stage left. We'll go to Netflix. We'll grab, we'll grab <laughs> a bag of popcorn or whatever you want. Just chill. Forget about these guys. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. You don't really matter. That's what the voice is telling you. But no, that other voice in you that won that battle that day, I applaud that voice. And thank you mm. for sharing that because a lot of our listeners right now are dealing. And I like the way that you phrase that, whatever your stutter is. Why is it holding you back the way that it is? And if there's any of my listeners out there that are dealing with a stutter of some kind that is immobilizing you and preventing you from moving forward, Jose's story of inspiration about moving beyond that fear, but not only once, twice, it's like the Rocky story all over again. You get knocked down to the mat, but what does Rocky say? Doesn't matter how many times you get knocked down to the mat, what matters is how many times you get back up and keep moving forward. And that's what I hear from you. So thank you, that's a, a beautiful story. I've listened to a couple of your talks and you talked about, you're, you're a comedian and you talked about this, uh, this girl that you met. And I thought, I thought I would love to take you back to that. <laughs> I see a smile on your face. So 
Is that a story you don't mind sharing with people? Because it was interesting how some people just react and mm. and what you did as a result of that. So I I do agree it's an interesting story. And I ended up using this, this story in a few of my keynotes at companies and conferences because of the symbolism. And, and I will get into the symbolism after I, I share the actual story. I was 19 years old. I was in Montreal at the time for university. Are you French, by the way? You're French Canadian? Oui, je parle français. Okay, yeah. C'est une des six langues toute dans laquelle je bégais. We should speak English, though. <laughs> yeah, the majority yeah, of, of my the majority <laughs> of my speakers are are going to be going. What they've switched <laughs> over from English to French? What are they doing to us? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I, 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 I was in Montreal. I was going to this house party in the building that I that I lived at the time, and and. And there was a, a house party with a bunch of other uh, students from McGill where I went to school. I get to this party and I see this girl. And we actually... We actually start start talking outside of the... Outside of the... Uh, apartment that we were both headed to in in the hallway i see her i say hi we make eye contact it's a good first connection and then because the vibe was was so on point so quickly we start holding hands right away and we walk into that party and then she asks me she asks me what what is your name and my name was by far the most difficult word for me to say so i get stuck on it i say and as i am struggling to to tell to tell this girl who I am she lets my hand go and and walks away she she gets lost in in the crowd haven't seen haven't seen her since she 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 gets lost in the crowd and well in the context of my speeches I joke about it and I say, was it something I didn't say? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, and it was one of the, those moments. I recall right after that moment, I just left the, the, the house party and I went back home. I was just so, so, so... I felt so destroyed 
not by rejection itself, which which obviously everyone gets rejected romantically, but what had really affected me in that moment was that it had clearly happened because of the fact that I stutter considering that the initial dynamic was so positive and that and 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 that moment among many others did contribute to the reinforcement of self-limiting beliefs about what it means to be different mm-hmm. and i've used this story in some talks about diversity and inclusion because the way that she had reacted could also be how people in the in the organizational space might have reacted to individuals who are different. They could have reacted based on fear, discomfort, and confusion. And how do you solve those things? If, if I could go back in time and talk to myself at that house party, actually, I'll first ask you, what, what would you have told, have told that younger me right after that interaction? I would likely say that it's all right to be rejected because people have their reasons for rejection. They may not be right, but don't take it personally. Number one, rejection, don't take it personally. If you don't connect with somebody, it's not your fault. We have to remind ourselves that whatever happens to us sometimes because of the cruelty or misunderstanding or judgment of someone else is not our fault. Now, we cannot control the thoughts of others, the reactions of others. What we can control are the things that happen to us, the way that we interpret them, and what we do as a result of them. So I would have told myself, don't be hard on yourself. Stuff happens, and you're stronger than your circumstances. She just wasn't the one, because she would not have understood you, and she would not have accepted you with Mm. who you were. That's Mm. probably one of the messages I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's it. Uh, uh, And... And that is definitely an interesting message. If I, if, however, I go back in time and my younger self would have heard that message, I don't think uh, it, it might not have helped. And here's why. Good. Tell me. I think what I needed to do is accept that I am different and own what, own what makes me unique and mm. to, and to include it in my initial introduction or interactions with people so that they are aware of what's what is actually happening as opposed to them reacting to what they think is happening. If I put myself in her shoes and someone is speaking in a way that 
I have no idea what's going on. I've I've come to I've I have come to realize that mentioning my stutter as soon as I talk to someone provides that information and then the reaction will happen regardless it can be good it can be bad but that's one way to ensure that people understand what is going on the part about embracing uniqueness Mm. and accepting that you are different that i think is is a is an exercise or a skill that ends up really strengthening your your character in a way that enables you to to face those sitch sitch situations without as you said before without taking things personally so i think it's a two two step approach which includes yours and mine combined thank you Uh, that is a wonderful way of putting it really embracing your uniqueness and i love the way that you put that because i think a lot of people don't do that nearly enough and they don't recognize that there's beauty in everything and that you are unique and there's a reason for you being unique. So, wow, what a wonderful message there. So let's go back to you. If you could travel in time right now, go back to your younger self, your little boy self, and deliver three messages to that young man who's struggling to make it through life, what three things would you tell your younger self right now? Mm. You're going back in time, man. I'm, I'm putting you in a capsule. I'm sending mm-hmm. you out. There you go. And I just launched the pad. You're going to arrive in three, two, one. Boom, you're there. Hey, Jose. I have three things to share with you before I have to go back and go back, no, to go forward in time. One, it's okay to be different. Own what own what makes you unique. That's the first one. Two, use fear as a compass. When something feels or seems scary, that is most likely an indication that you have to be doing that thing. And you will soon realize after taking action in spite of fear, that fear and action are not mutually exclusive. They can coexist. And three, once you find that thing that scares you the most, do it, but then do it again and again and again. It has to become a way of life. And if I could add to, if I could add to that last point now with you, it's well, it's that that 
is why I have engineered a lifestyle that revolves around speaking and performing. It's because I have come to realize that the only way to, to not go back is by, is by having built in built in radical challenges that are happening all the time or as often as possible because my default mode is to avoid speaking and to avoid people because that's what feels comfortable. If I'm, or because I am a speaker and a comedian now, I've engineered my life in a way that I always have to face that fear, but not face it in a, in a mild way of having to go to a Starbucks and order a coffee by having to face it in a radical way because a, a radical obstacle needs or a, a, a problem that feels radical needs a solution that feels radical too. Right, right. And what you touched on, what I found was interesting. You used the word, uh, if I just remain silent, I would feel comfortable. And I think the word too is you would feel safe. safe. And it is getting out of your safety zone that is a challenge from time to time, but is a necessity for all of us to get out of that feeling safe. If I say nothing, nobody can hurt me and I can stay in this place and I deal with my own demons. Whereas the opposite is true. The opposite is that if I want to live my life, if I want to live a, a fulfilled life, I need to challenge myself and get to the next level. I cannot let my past or my present circumstances determine my life if they are not a good thing. I need to take control of my life. I need to unhostage myself from whatever it is that's trying to hold me back. And it sounds like you have things that are holding or trying to pull you back even now is that you are an accomplished comedian. You are an accomplished motivational speaker. But still, there is that challenge within your, your mind, those two voices, one that's trying to hold you back and the other one that's saying, no, no, Jose, we're going forward. And most people are like that. Most people are like that. And you are a testament that by continuing to challenge yourself and to move in the direction that you want to, that you can win. Uh, what I'd like to do is now I've taken you to the past. I'm bringing you back to the present, where we are right now. So three, two, one, we're back. And hey, welcome back, Jose. Don't know where you went. There was a glitch in the, in the system, and I lost you there for a few minutes, but you're back. So let me ask you this. Well, there's always a, a glitch in my own system. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't there in every one of us? I tell people, I say, we are imperfect people living in an imperfect world, mm -hmm. but we're all trying to get through it together. Mm -hmm. So why don't we band together, work together, and see how we can help each other get through this thing called life? 
And when I connect with people like you, I know that it is so possible. And I've connected with so many great speakers and, I, and people who have gone through adversity and setbacks who have told me what you've told me here today. This is how I did it. I didn't take no for an answer. I believed in myself. What I want to do now, Jose, is ask you, what message would you like to give my listeners right now? What message can you deliver to them that would inspire them to deal with their own stutter, if we can put it the way that you so nicely put it earlier? The way things are today are not the way things have to be tomorrow. If I, if you had told me just a few years ago that I would be today, that I would be where I am today, I would, I would never have believed you. And this, and even that is an understatement. I, I still think it's quite absurd what has happened on my journey in these past three or so years. So the first thing is radical transformations are really possible if you expose yourself to fear and discomfort repeatedly. You won't be able to recognize who you've become if you if you expose yourself to this discomfort that you've been avoiding as an effort to remain safe or protected i sometimes tell this story of i think i was also 19 or 20 years old i was back in lebanon to see the family and we had this big family reunion that I was really dreading to go to because I knew that people were going to ask me, hey, Jose, how's Canada? How's school there? I was going to get stuck and then I was going to feel so, so, so small. I was going to allow the stutter to to control me, to allow the fear to control me. I was so terrified of having to go to that to that occasion that was meant to be a happy one where a bunch of relatives were, were going to have a fun reunion, food, drinks. I end up, I, a few days before I take a shower, I then go outside completely, completely soaked. And I, I, I stand outside for about half an hour, hoping to catch something, hoping to, to get sick mm. just so that I have a, a pretext or a reason to tell my parents that, hey, I can't go to this, I have to stay home. And that's when I, quite often people who meet me now will end up assuming I've always been naturally confident. 
And I always tell them, or I sometimes tell them this story just so that they fully, they fully realize the, the size of the, of the, the, not the size, the distance of the trajectory that I've been on just as, as proof that they have no idea how far they can go in their own lives if only they are willing to start facing their stutter no matter how uncomfortable it gets. And yes, wow, what a great message to deliver to people is that yes, you can get moving beyond what it is that's holding you back, providing you face it. And that is the message, the ultimate message that I hear from you. And, and there are several, but one of the ones that sticks out to me is that you can face your fear and you can take action and they can coexist. And by not doing that, you are doing yourself a disservice. You are keeping yourself caged in that cage that you created in your own mind, the one that holds you hostage. And that's not where we want to be. So you're doing both yourself and the world uh, a disservice. Aren't you though? Yes, you are. Exactly. Because what you have to share with the world, each and every one of us has something to share. We all have stories. And it's by sharing stories like this that encourage us and that gives us inspiration to maybe look at something that's going on in our lives and to make those radical changes, as you have said. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it's not... and. And it's not just uh, about the act of, of sharing your, your story. It, it could be, for example, that when someone stops to, to hold back due to their stutter, they, they end up performing way better in school or at work. And then that, that is a service to 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 the whole world or if someone is holding back due to severe social anxiety and they start to face it then they end up having so many social interactions with others that in themselves have their own ripple effects by by spreading positivity or by or by even having an ordinary conversation with, with someone who needed it. So there are so, so many ways that by not holding back, we, are, we, we help ourselves and we help the world at the same time. You're absolutely right. And the important thing is that we get past our discomfort and that we wake up every day and fight the negativity voices that are in our heads saying, hey, Jose, yeah, I know you're at the mall. Time to go home. Come on, buddy, just leave. You spent eight hours there. You spent eight hours and you were determined to succeed. Yours is a story filled with inspiration and filled with, with a message. And I thank you for sharing that with the world. Listeners, I have enjoyed talking to Jose so much. And he has shared ideas with us that we need to apply to our own lives. COVID-19 is really holding a lot of us back 
and there is fear and there is uncertainty. But as Jose says, it is those fears and those uncertainties that you must face and that you must work against and just put them behind. And I'm going to ask you, it's not always easy, but does it get easier, Jose? Does it get easier to face those fears and those, those demons of yours that are trying to hold you back? It's interesting you said that because when you just said that one of the benefits of that journey is that you get past the discomfort and I was thinking and you get to and you start working on the on the next source of of discomfort it, it, it is definitely an ongoing process ongoing journey but it does get easier in the sense that you now have memories or you, you, you now have perceptions and beliefs that are conducive to, to change because it has happened. So it spills over into the other areas of your life where change and transformation are, are, are needed. So I think it's, it's great to start with that first big obstacle that holds you back and then it does spill over jose where can people reach out to you how can they connect with you because i know that you're still doing some motivational speaking you're still engaged in the comedic community how can people reach out and connect with you hire you speak with you how, how can they do that uh, absolutely my my LinkedIn is my full name, Jose Peranian. And then my Instagram handle is at yes way Jose, which is <laughs> which is the f f philosophy I have come to to live and to and to share. And Thank you for sharing that. Yes, way. Jose is a beautiful handle. And I think we start, we have to all start telling ourselves, yes, way. We can mm -hmm. get through whatever it is that we're going through right now. And all of you out there, we're all struggling with something personal. We all have our stutters to deal with. And remarkably, I have spoken this last hour to Jose, who has given us different tools to consider using and he's used them successfully in his journey and i think that we can all use them successfully in our own jose thank you so much for joining me in this last hour and what you had to share is remarkable and i'm sure that it's going to help so many of my listeners out there i want to thank you it was really gr great being here and i'm i'm grateful that we had this conversation, Paul. Me too. We're going to see ourselves on Stuart Knight's uh, platform, right? The mm -hmm. Notables. So yes, I'll see you there absolutely. sometime. Yes. All right. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another insightful episode. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave your comments. 
For more information, check out our website at www.inspireus.ca. Remember, it's not what happens to us that matters most. It's how we respond to what happens to us that does. Stay strong and resilient. 